William Kilpatrick is a retired psychology professor from Boston College. In 2012, he wrote a book published by Ignatius Press entitled Christianity, Islam, and Atheism, The Struggle for the Soul of the West. It's an excellent book. I'm almost finished with it. I highly recommend it. But I warn you, it's good, but it's also very disturbing, very unsettling. A major part of his thesis is that Islam, in its purest form, is a threat, a huge threat to Western civilization as we know it, and to many of the freedoms that we hold very dear. And yet, the book makes the very strong point that this religion, Islam, is on the rise. It's growing in popularity in Europe and also here in the United States, especially among young men, many of whom are attracted to it because of its emphasis on war, and aggression and fighting for a cause. Here's what Kilpatrick says. War has a kind of mystical significance for men because it brings together all the elements that are important for establishing their masculinity. Initiation, struggle, self-sacrifice, self-transcendence, love of comrades, and brotherhood. The need for these is hardwired into men. He rightly notes in his book that this is why guys tend to love to play sports. He continues, for this reason the jihad doesn't have a recruitment problem. Islam has been highly successful in appealing to basic masculine psychology. And as a psychologist, Kilpatrick knows that well. He says, not coincidentally, the progenitor of the current jihadist groups is called the Muslim Brotherhood. Now, the reason I mention all of this tonight is because one of the major factors contributing to this phenomenon of young men, even Christian young men, going over to Islam is what Kilpatrick calls the feminization of Christianity. And it's not only among those who are pushing for things like a female Catholic priesthood, which, by the way, is never going to happen. The church has made that quite clear. In using that expression, the feminization of Christianity, Kilpatrick is rightly noting that there is a general perception out there in Western culture that Christianity is a religion for women and that real men don't love and follow Jesus because Jesus is, or Jesus was, for lack of a better term, a wimp. And real men don't love and follow wimps. Now, that's wrong on a lot of counts, that perception. I don't think the money changers in the temple, for example, would have said that Jesus was a wimp. But it is the perception that's out there. Listen once again to Kilpatrick's words. 
He says, of the men who do go to church, a good many are there because of their wives. Many men, especially young single men, stay away from church because they consider it unmanly. They feel that religion, and particularly Christianity, is somehow feminine, and that men who are attracted to religion are somewhat effeminate. A study conducted by Louis M. Terman and Catherine Cox Miles in the mid-1930s showed that clergy and seminarians tend to, to score low on a masculinity scale, whereas men who scored high showed little or no interest in religion. One can only imagine how Christian clergy would score on the scale today. St. Paul, in his first letter to St. Timothy, who was himself a young priest, in Paul's first letter to Timothy, Paul gave a pretty good description of what a Christian man, and especially an ordained priest, should be like. Needless to say, St. Paul's version of manhood is a lot different than the oppressive version advocated by radical Islam, but it's also different from the wimpy version of manhood that's advocated today by many mainline Christians, and sad to say, even many Catholics and some priests. St. Paul says, Man of God that you are, seek after integrity, faith, love, steadfastness, and a gentle spirit. Fight the good fight of faith. Take firm hold on the everlasting life to which you were called when in the presence of many witnesses you made your noble profession of faith. I charge you to keep God's command without blame or reproach until our Lord Jesus Christ shall appear. True manhood according to St. Paul, is marked by things like faith, integrity, consistency, commitment, and sacrificial love. It's not the machoism of the world, which is what you find, unfortunately, in the distorted idea of masculinity embraced by many Muslim men, men who treat women like their own personal property and their own personal playthings. This is why practices like female genital mutilation are so common in Islamic countries. Nor is it the milquetoast version of manhood that you find all too often in Christianity these days. Paul's version is very different. All of this should help us to realize why sharing our faith with others and why supporting traditional marriage and why fostering vocations, good, solid vocations to the priesthood. This should help us to understand why all of that is so important for us to do, all of us. If we don't do those things, if we don't promote the kind of manhood that St. Paul talks about in 1 Timothy, then believe me, mark my words, another kind of manhood, specifically the one promoted by Islam, will no doubt fill the vacuum. And that will be disastrous for the Western world, and especially for women in the Western world. Please hear that, dear ladies. Our ultimate and primary model for true manhood, of course, is none other than Jesus Christ himself. During Holy Week, 
we reflect on all that Jesus did to save us. Think of how committed Jesus Christ was. Think of how committed he was to doing his Father's will, to fulfilling the mission that the Heavenly Father gave him. Think of what a pillar of strength Jesus Christ was in the face of incredible violence, unbelievable suffering. He was all those things that St. Paul mentions in 1 Timothy and more. He even washed the feet of the guys who would either abandon him or deny him or betray him within a few short hours. And he knew they were going to do it. He still washed their feet. It was the Father's will. It was a sign of how they should be later on. And he gave those men his own body and blood to consume for their spiritual nourishment. You want to talk about integrity? You want to talk about commitment? You want to talk about sacrificial love? You want to talk about being a real man? Then you talk about Jesus Christ. Not about Buddha or Confucius or Muhammad or anybody else. True manhood. True and perfect manhood is found in Jesus Christ and only in Jesus Christ. And it's reflected to a greater or lesser extent in all good fathers, natural and spiritual. On the third Sunday of June every year, we pray primarily for all of you natural fathers. Today, on this Holy Thursday night, when we commemorate the institution of the priesthood and the Eucharist at the Last Supper, we pray for all spiritual fathers, all bishops and priests, that they will be true, godly men. The kind of godly men that St. Paul and St. Timothy would be proud of. The kind of godly men who will give their lives to promote the truth that will preserve Western culture. The kind of godly men who will attract other godly men to give their lives in service to the Lord as priests. The kind of godly men who will live like Jesus and talk like Jesus and act like Jesus and help to save the world. 